adversity, bring it. The struggle, we welcome it. Snooze on life, never that. We are Dave Regina and Mike Perella, and this is the No Snooze Podcast. Come on. We're at Liberty Bivity Park in White Plains. Uh, thank you for having us. Absolutely. Commissioner or whoever set this up, probably Dave leveraging his connections. You know? Uh, but we're back for episode, the Jordan episode, episode 23. 23. Can you look at me and stop looking at the cameras? You got to get used to the cameras being in your face. I played to the right? cameras. The interesting thing about the Jordan uh, episode is that technically we can do another one at 45. That's true. But then we have to do like a comeback of some sort. A comeback, right. So 23 is a, is a great number. I think it's, um, I, you know, obviously everybody knows who Michael Jordan is. That documentary came out, The Last Dance, which is great. We'll talk about it. Um, but today's focus will be more on like our perspective of a perfect champion, if yeah. that makes sense. So you and oh, I, I will go back and forth with like our top five. I think it'll be cool. I think it's a topic that you can't be right or wrong. Right. And I, I look, I'm getting fed up with being right. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm like, adding up. You're <laughs> no. like the Jordan of argument so far. You're was he six, that is six not championships, that six is and not, not true, because there's just something I'll that, take LeBron. And if you want to give me LeBron. And we can't always talk about the things that you're right on because it involves certain individuals. I see some stats, too, on here that we're going to have to double. check. We're going to have to we're going to have to double check. But before we get into the epi, you're looking lean. I know you're back. Talk to us about the PodBot update. PodBot has been tremendous. Not to use the same word no, over and over. No, but I, I second uh, that. I see the efforts. Push-ups by seven every day. The big change, like I talked about the last couple episodes, was doing them all at once. Yep. I've had a couple of days where I've had to do that on weekends, and it's a lot harder for some reason if you're not doing them all at the same time, for whatever reason. Okay. Um, side note, PodBot is going well, but my suit game is struggling because of it. I've ripped Four out of my five. Where are they? Where are, you, are they? Ripping? Elbows. Because oh, so my arms are just, just. Yeah. I'm just growing now, at a blistering you, pace. Are you doing anything else besides push-ups? I am. What are you doing? I am. So I'm not marketing that because right. that's kind of the, the cherry not, on top. That's not the focus. Uh, okay. I'll talk about this guy later. But Steve Sims, he says, under promise, over deliver. I know in the past I've said over deliver, over promise or something. But <laughs> as you know, I go back and that's forth. That's all right. Um, so I've been doing a mixture of curls, uh, overhead presses. Sit up, dumbbell stuff, dumbbell stuff, or air, uh, dumbbells. Dumbbells. Can you do air? Of course. You just I, stand like I this. I can give you a, but see, you have to intentionally. You have to squeeze the muscle. Squeeze the muscle. It's interesting to see, like, feel like I'm getting results without lifting any weights. Yes. Real weights, you know, 15 pounds. Yep. It's like nothing. So it's it's interesting. And then I will say, uh, Kevin Hart. I was listening to his podcast with Tim Ferriss, and he was saying that. His favorite workout is push-ups because you can't replace them. You could do them anywhere. Yep. So uh, I like to think that he might have saw one of our episodes and stole that from us. Absolutely. I yeah. think he did. Yeah. For sure. You want to ask? So it's, no, I never ask because I don't, don't care. But yes, <laughs> how's it going? I know you so, are doing your push-ups because I'm following along. That's uh, all right. But I, again, and I'm going to look while I you're talking. I love, I love that you are involved in the push-ups. Again, it's not my thing. Involved. I started the push-ups. No, 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 no. 
You started logging the push-ups. Yeah, which is... I have been doing push-ups every day of my life for the past I, at least seven years. All right, but I, I have this is good. <laughs> this is good. It's your thing. But you made a comment that you were going to catch me now. I still stand and by I it. I will never allow you to do that, but that's fine. We will see. So we will give a, a weekly update. If you hit refresh on your phone, it is Dave Regina 5,000 on the week. Mike Pirelli. How do you count the week? The week's not over. It doesn't matter, but it, to date, our week to week, which is the same, 5,000 to 41. I got to call this guy because I've emailed him multiple times <laughs> and something's wrong with his software. The game plan is, too, if we get enough people to come and buy it, we're going to try to get the app from him and just rebrand it as a no snooze push up app. Okay. So, I like it. And I've reached out to him. We're trying to get a belt made. The number one person's like 200,000. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of Fugazi nonsense going on on that app. Um, but to, to update you on, on the Pelly app, very measurable, by the way. It, it logs everything. So on the week, 145 miles, which equates to five and a half marathons, which I love because a marathon is 26.2 miles. So when I see that measurement, that... I need landmarks. Sense. I need you to say, like, I did enough this week where I went from New York to oh, insert wow. state. Okay, so 145 miles. Yeah, how far is that? No idea. Would that get you to... No. Oh, well, well, from so from Yonkers to Peekskill, and don't ask how I know this, but I actually was listening to uh, to David Goggins one day, and I had this vision of me putting a backpack on, packing tuna fish and water in it, and literally walking and <laughs> running in a snowstorm Why from Peekskill to Yonkers, just because I I can eat that no matter what, and I wanted oh, to like put myself in an extreme circumstance, yeah. but it, I think it came to like twenty five to twenty seven miles. So okay. that would be going back and forth to Peekskill from Yonkers to Peekskill about eight times. That's pretty good. That's pretty and, good. And as far as the Pelly update, how is Frank, brother Frank, doing? Yep. Uh, Phil, so everybody, any new contenders? The, the community is good. We actually have a no snooze hashtag running, which like. is great. People are joining in on that. Um, and is it a class? No, it's not a class. You can identify yourself with your username, uh -huh. and then underneath you have a leading hashtag. So a lot of our, our um, male and female followers are latching on to that. And, you know, we're, we're being promoted that way. So it's a no-snooze Pelly lifestyle. Is there anyone in that group that is slacking that you want to call out publicly? I don't want to call them out, but they all can't see me, so it doesn't really matter. Is there someone that's giving you the biggest threat? Like, I told, if you're MJ, and who is your... I'm actually worried about your brother in the 30-minute race. Yeah, really? In 30 minutes... He you got those little legs, though. Yeah, but he's close, man. He's very close. I, I think I still got him by, like, 70 points or something on the output. But I don't know. He, he's, he's starting to really figure it out. Okay. All right. I, I kind of want to just get on the app and just follow, not do you it. Could, you could do that. Yeah, you can definitely jump on? see. Um, all right, man. So now we're another, another week closer. I'm getting extremely nervous. How's Dana doing? Give us a Prego update. Uh, Dana is doing very well. We are at the point where she has a little insomnia. So I go up, put my face mask on, big face mask guy. At what time is she struggling? Uh, I don't like know. Like middle I, of the night? Yeah. So I sleep like a rock now because some crazy so guy taught me to wake up at 5 a.m. every day. So <laughs> I sleep like a rock. I don't have a pulse. But she like, I don't know, she stays up and watches TV. And I think Pete crashes when I crash. Yeah. Uh, but she's been good other than the insomnia stuff. But she's been sleeping better in the morning. I've been taking the dog. Uh, early when I can. Progress. I've missed a couple days. All right. Bathroom got cleaned by Dana. <laughs> I still didn't do it. Yeah. But Dana Bathroom cleaned got it. cleaned by Dana. By Dana. Okay. So that's good. But the uh, 
she's she's good. Everyone keeps asking how she's doing. It's it's nice to say, you know, she's doing great. Yep. And knock on wood, we're about a month out. So. Right. So we are. I think we're ten days apart. Right. Am I very rude for giving you my answer of like updates and then not asking you how you? No, guys are I doing? just I, I, I kind of know how you're doing. I'm coming. I just I'm coming. Put that out there. No, no, it's all good. But we went on Monday, and again, I couldn't go to the appointment. Sucks. Yeah, it's weird. It, it sucks. Our daughter is now five pounds twelve ounces, which is just about six pounds, which is like a full human being. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it, it's it's crazy to think that a, a full blown human is now there. The doctor actually said, you know, if anything were to happen in Keep terms of an leg. early birth, a couple weeks early, that the baby is fully developed, ready to come out, which makes it super real. I don't know if I've ever been this happy and anxious at the same time mm. in my life. Yeah. Seriously, like even my wedding day, I mean, I, I remember being nervous, but I don't remember this lasting, right? And obviously yeah. the pregnancy has been now, you know, 30 five plus weeks now, but it, it's, I'm curious to know how I'm going to feel as we continue to get closer and closer. Yeah. I don't, well. Yeah. I don't know if the, I guess it's anxiousness. I'm just kind of ready. I'm like, let's go. And I guess you're never ready, right? Like, uh, like you're, we're ready. We're married. You got a house. There's so much to do still baby, though, before they know. come. That's what, yeah. But like, how do we be like, how are we supposed to just be good dads? What does that mean? What does it look like? Apparently it's a back massage, uh, at night, which I've, Failed to do so. That's another thing on my to-do list. <laughs> and and cleaning the bathroom, which you failed to failed do. to do. So we're on. A, we're on. A good... Yeah, I'm over two in that realm. <laughs> I do other things. I cook. Yeah. Of course, absolutely. The... Highlighting some of the downfalls, just because sometimes we uh, we hype ourselves up too much, yep. and then when we get to the wives episode, they have more fodder for us. Right? It's like the M M&M and M thing. If we make fun of ourselves, they got nothing when they come on. That's true, but we got to be careful because now this is Epi twenty three, so we're only seven away from that one. Yeah. All right. So, we'll skip a couple. Yeah. Right. So this week's no snooze recommendation, Mike, talk to us. So my guy is uh, Steve Sims that I've dove into, dove, dove, dove into recently. Uh, I, in the mornings when I'm doing my pushups, I mix in uh, podcasts, but visual ones where yep. they're doing the interviews. And I go into rabbit holes of people in different industries. And one of them is this guy who was a doorman and ultimately became the, the guy to set up mind-blowing events for the world's most rich people um so it started with like him have uh setting up a dinner for someone at the vatican or like by david and then having andrea bocelli bocelli my saying right um sing while they're eating dinner so he like wow. puts on absurd things but he he's a connector his connections uh... yeah it's called bluefish marketing the guy steve sims uh i haven't read the book but it's called bluefish so okay. i'm recommending bluefish the book Although watch. I have not read it yet, gotcha. I'll probably read it. All right. Are we allowed to do that? Are we allowed to recommend yeah. something we haven't read? Of course. I've listened to seven interviews of him, which is kind of my thing is I dive into the person talking about their book. Because yep. a lot of times they, they give you a lot of nuggets of what's in the book. And I think even as I read my 10 pages a day, I'm lucky to take one nugget. Mm -hmm. You know, so there is, a, there is something to be said, even though I feel very very strongly about reading the physical book there is definitely something to be said about the amount of information that actually doesn't you know stick with you yeah um, whereas if you do hear it maybe on an individual basis it works better uh but that's that's a good one i'll check that out too yeah i like it hop on it um uh, so mine is more of a uh life hack okay all right and it's agua based which is water right and it <laughs> thanks for is, clarifying <laughs> this is pretty typical 
but I'm going to give you the, the little science behind it. Hmm. So before you eat, if you are intentional about drinking 15 to 20 ounces of water, and just to put that to context, one water bottle, like a regular Poland Spring um, or the No Snooze water that'll be coming out in the future, that is 16.9 ounces. Okay. Right? So that's a regular water bottle. If you, I hate how everything is different measurements. Like cooking, yeah, teaspoons, tablespoons. Yes. Just give me one measurement. Yep. Right. And, but so this would right? be a water bottle. Or am I crazy for saying no, that? No, no, absolutely. And it gets confusing trying to convert it, different Milliliters. measurements. Milliliters. Yes. I, I agree 100%. I have the vent because no, I'm trying all these recipes and stuff yep. to eat healthier. And it's driving me crazy because I can't even get past making it because all the... Anyway, go. Yep. So drink that water bottle 20 to 30 minutes before you actually eat the meal. And this was in one of my books, I forget which book exactly, but they did this study back in England and they took like 80 individuals who were on a scale technically overweight, Mm -hmm. studied them for 12 weeks. Half of them implemented this little hack. Half of them didn't. They put them on the same diet. 12 weeks later, the half that consumed the water before the meals, they lost four to five pounds more than the, than the other crew. Um, so it's, the science behind it is it actually stretches your stomach. Mm-hmm. You know about the, the eating contest. Yes. Right? So water stretches your stomach, which convinces your brain that you're actually full when you're not. Uh-huh. But, but if it stretches your stomach, you would think that it would make you eat more. No, so your stomach stretches and then when you eat more. compresses. Right, exactly. It. So it tricks your body into believing that you're actually eating. So mm-hmm. you feel full. You wait that... 20, 30 minutes after you drink it, and then you have your meal, and scientifically, it's a proven point. I like stuff like that. That's good. So that learning, the science behind things, I found is the next level of the, the pod bod. I love diving into topics and then getting little hacks because yeah. you feel like you're, 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 uh, you're making more progress, right. and you're kind of stacking all the little hacks. Yep. Stack a hack, we'll call stack it. Stack a hack. Like, I like that. Hack a shack, stack a yeah. hack. <laughs> uh, so one of them that I've been doing is incorporating uh, isopure. protein uh no flavor into like things that maybe you wouldn't do so coffee pudding i've been on a big jello sugar-free pudding okay delicious really so you take almond milk and you put in half of what you would if it was regular milk into the packet yep then you add protein powder into it and then it's my little after dinner snack nice which it's the big thing for me, it's easy. You just mm-hmm. mix a couple things. You make a big thing of it. Yep. You take a bunch of scoops and you eat a certain amount. When you amount. do pudding, what's your go-to flavor? I bounce, but I'm, uh, the chocolate gives you a little more of like the dessert feel. Yes. I do like the vanilla, though. I See, mix I'm, them I'm usually. A big, big chocolate guy. Yeah. So that's, a, that's, a quad, that's four different recommendations I know, right I, there. It's, Thank you. Yeah. Um, do you like Jello? I'm a I, huge Jello I do, guy. I do love Jello. Regular Jello pudding too. Love I both. do both. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could do both. I haven't done it in a while. Now I'm going to start craving it because you said that. And I started eating it because my hair is thinning a little bit. Hey, so look, I'm trying you, to you fight the. I'm telling you, I think that you. I don't look know if it's mental. With the short hair, when you do the really, Einstein you don't look, think? I'm not a fan. Einstein. Yeah, I'm not. When you wake up in the morning and you got the oh. Einstein, I don't. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully, Bri, like this is the Jordan episode, right? Yeah. I'm gonna. I can't use the. I don't have a Jordan shoe for you, but come back. I need you, Bri. Come back, my barber. Come back. Come back. I like it. All right. So speaking of Jordan, let's get into it. Finally, this episode is based off of you know the number 23 happens to be Michael Jordan's number. We get it. First apartment number. There you go. The Last Dance was a great documentary. That's another recommendation for you guys because if you haven't checked it out. 
You'll love it. My wife watched the whole thing with me, and she was she was literally at the TV screen. She loved it. That's too. how you get your significant other or someone who's not interested in a sport yep. interested in the sport. Right. Yeah. No. That's a good and, trick and, too. and it's a great story. Mm. Right. The storyline is is incredible. They basically follow Jordan from his rookie year all the way to his second retirement. I didn't like how they jumped around though. Yeah. It was it time was a, it was a strange time. I was like, when? Are, sure. What year is this? I had no idea what was going. And I'm the type that has their phone. Yep. And I'll respond to a couple emails, texts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just was lost a lot. So I have a couple fun Jordan facts that I'm, uh, you know, most of them, uh, but I am an extreme Jordan collector mm-hmm. for everybody out there. I know who that. Didn't know that. Yeah. My favorite shoe is the Jordan 11. That's the patent? The patent leather. I have them literally in every color. I rocked them in high school when I played. Um, and it, I, I also. How many pairs you have? Above 60 pairs of Jordans. Well, we get one. What size are you? Uh, 12. Beat me in push-ups and I'll give you a free pair. If I get past you at any point, can I get a pair? Yes. Any point, like just by one, one yes. day. Yes. Like total. Wait, by but one I, day? No, no, no. Like oh, total push-ups. I pass you at any point. Just for one day. For one day. Yes, but they better keep doing it the real way though, okay? Because now, now I got something to lose. I worked for Nike back in high school into college and I almost took the route of becoming an Eakin. Eakin is Nike spelled backwards. Okay. That happens to be a high-level position in Nike as a product engineer. Cool. But I was so infatuated with the Jordan brand and the technology that they were using, so I thought I almost went that route. Never did because I used it. It was more as just a sales job trying to make quick That's money. That's pretty wild. And I got a 40% discount. Um, but Nike, Eakin, that whole piece is a pretty fun fact right there. That's right. incredible. I always wished that someone came out with like a Jordan-esque drop and brand with dress shoes well they did here's another fun fact for you Kohan is actually owned by nike puts the same and they're they're expensive shoes but not ridiculously expensive mm-hmm. they put the same nike air technology into those shoes but i'm saying like yes i get that but i'm saying like a branded oh, like a, the <laughs> one like the gotcha. whatever one like gotcha, the air gotcha. force one yes. but shoe but yes. i don't know who tom ford maybe can maybe. do it maybe Maybe, um, but that was definitely a big development for Nike. Yeah, is turning you know people like us who are athletes, right? <laughs> love to. Love I don't to, even throw that word around anymore. <laughs> love to work out, but then you know you're a businessman, businesswoman as well. So it's nice having the same Nike technology. Yeah. And then the last Jordan fact for you: 1996 Mother's Day. My entire family, my grandma, my grandpa, mom, dad, brother, even I think my brother was two or three at the time. Cousins, aunts, uncles, we all went to the Bulls-Knicks game, May 11th, 1996. Uh, the Knicks ended up winning. Jordan gave us, I think, 46 or 50 points. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's a memory that I have, and it's one of my best childhood memories. We sat in the nosebleeds, but it was great. That, that's a great one. This is not Jordan-centric, but a similar story where my, my mom got tickets for my, you know, my grandfather, my yep. dad's dad. Yep. Did I tell this story yet? No. Okay. So he got, my mom got tickets for my dad's dad's birthday. Oh, yes, you did. I told it, did I tell it on here? Casino? Casino? No. Oh, oh. No, no, no. a different story. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So uh, we go to the game and they're floor seats. Which game? Uh, they played the Warriors, Nick maybe? Game? Yeah, oh, Knicks. God. So we played, they played the Knicks. It was a Nick game. It was me, my dad, my brother, and my grandfather. And we got floor seats and we went uh, to the Knicks Warriors. And we got there early. Baron Davis, I think, was on the Warriors, Warriors at the time. Yep. And we were watching him take jumpers before the game. And he was just lights out. It was, he was close. It, it was awesome. My, 
grandfather was like in awe. Game starts. The Knicks, to this day, it's the worst loss in history. Really? And we were at that game for my grandfather's 80th. <laughs> and the, but luckily, who's uh, Carmelo's wife? Lala. Lala was sitting three away. That's cool. And my grandfather, we'd look over, and he'd be like, just looking at her right. because the game was so boring. But that, <laughs> that that's an incredible something story. I'll never forget. That's, that's uh, awesome. My, Funny how, how memories like that oh, happen. I still remember it like it was yesterday. Right. And be like, Pop, good game, right? And he's like, yeah. Great. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Great. Um, my Jordan fact is, and I believe it's still on my personal Instagram. It might be on my business one. I used to wear a Jordan jersey under my clothes when I would do an exam or do a, like a pitch for I startups. That. I love that. And it was the patent, the one that you have with the stripes. Yep. And it was, uh, I would wear it under and everything would fit kind of weird, but it was like a uh, security blanket. I ended up selling that. Once I once I got my real estate license, it was like my graduation. So I sold it. Wow! But that I I love that jersey and I miss it to this day. Yeah. But it was nice to like say, all right, I don't need you anymore. I, that, that's Fun good. Fact. But there's there's a bunch of people out there that have very specific life hacks like that, and I don't know. I haven't heard of people putting on the the specific Jordan jersey. So I like. Yeah. That. I had that Jordan jersey. I used to wear it under, and then. Uh, yeah, I like the clothing thing is, is nice to have something you wear that's like has meaning. Yep. Gives you a little more confidence. Exactly. Um, so let's jump into basically the purpose of this is everyone knows Michael Jordan's mindset, right? So I thought it'd be interesting because there's no right or wrong answer here. It's your personal opinion, my personal opinion. I'm sure we're going to bounce back and forth. But basically coming up with our top five perfect scenario, the ultimate champion mindset. And this, I want it to be applicable to everything in life, not just basketball, because clearly we're not, we're not going for any championship here in nope. basketball. Sure aren't. We know who would, who would win in horse here, all right? Um, not we've, had, we've had some great pool basketball games, though. Pool basketball And, and if fun. you and I are on the same team, it is not, yeah. it's, it's over for everybody else. I have to figure out a sport to beat you at. I think the sport I'm going golf. to make a push for is golf. Golf. Yeah. And then when but you, I'm, not, I'm the worst by yeah. far out of all my uh, friends. I might be worse, but that's all right. Well, I, I think as we, as we get older... We'll get better and better. My man's got a great stick over there. Oh, that is. Stick as in cigar. Nice. Take it easy, <laughs> <Yeah>. everyone. <laughs> anyway. How nice the is it to be recording over. outside, though? It's great. It really it's nice is to be great. outside. And it's nice to be here. I, I also like, I, I did notice that you were a little bit more aggressive through that computer screen. I was going to say, it's easier to be aggressive. <laughs> when you ever see like a bear in the zoo, you were in the zoo when you're in the other side. Yeah. Now we're like no. face to face. It's yeah. like you can't really poke them. Um, all right. So I'll give you my first one. And we'll go, you know, like kind of back and forth and we'll talk through it. And I had to really sit down and map this out because I think I have qualities of all five that I'm going to talk about. But it's very obvious to me that I am nowhere near a champion in life, right? So the first one is a specific, detailed, and intentional goal or purpose. That is the first thing that to be great in anything in life. I think you have to be so measurable about where you want to go and what you want to attack. I like it. Right? Yep. So to be a champion, you need something that is an ultimate vision in your life. For my family, right, the ultimate, the ultimate great, greatest feeling for me in the world will be something along the lines of having my kids grow up, be successful, not in terms of money, but have the same characteristic values that I wanted to instill in them when they were young, right? So you can't even 
uh, I can't obtain that right now yeah. because it's not even achievable. So it's something that is a process, yeah. a long-term process. Uh, but you apply it to something like a small business. Okay, you being specific about, you know, in the first year, I want to do X amount of dollars. Yeah. You being intentional now, taking that action to get there is, is kind of what, what I'm talking about with that. So I, one of mine was, out of order, number five was big vision, which I agree. Mm -hmm. I think if you're going to achieve anything great in whatever facet of life, you need kind of a, a big enough vision to get you excited. And that's yes. part of the reason, for example, with the push-ups, it adds to my big vision. It's a, a vision of, yeah, I want to get in shape, but I also want to be something that people look at and are impressed by. Mm -hmm. um, you know, big vision. Uh, you know, I want to have the flexibility and freedom to own a property in Italy one day. You know, owning a vacation rental is exciting, but yeah. owning a, a, a vineyard in Italy gives you a little more passion, a little more excitement. It's something that you could forever be like, you know, we did it. You yep. sit there and you said, I told you so type of thing. So I think the bigger you get, the more excited you get. Yep. But you have to make sure that it is attainable. And by doing that, my thought is champions kind of stay around the fire. So if you want, and I think you've talked about it in the past, if you want something, say a yacht, go to a boat show and walk around right. and walk on that yacht. Because once you step on there, you're like, this is a physical thing. I've seen it. And it's much bigger than just visualizing it, right? Yeah. You and talk to the person, you say, all right, well, what does this go for? Yep. All right. Two million dollars. Yeah. Context, but you're taking the action of doing it. Yeah. And you're making it real yep. and attainable because it's not just some fugazi fairy dust thing. It's this yacht is $2 million. It's on the harbor over there. And your goal might change at the end of it. You might not want a yacht, but it's something to get you excited. And I need to do X, Y, and Z to get there, which would yeah. play right to my point of specific, detailed, and intentional to go Maybe you way. rent it right? at one point yep. just to get a little taste. Number two, when your passion and your work ethic align. Mm. So this one is big because there's a lot of passionate people in the world, right? And apply this to any, any aspect. You're talking relationships. You're talking business, fitness, your new startup journey, your faith, whatever it is, if your passion and your work ethic don't align at that high level, at some point you're going to drop off, mm -hmm. right? So that's much bigger to just be really passionate about, I'm um, really passionate about photography. Mm -hmm. Cool. You're passionate about photography. Where is your work ethic? Is your work ethic matching that passion to ultimately make you a champion? Mm -hmm. And that's my point of, of this today. I don't want to give people specifics. I want them to think about their own specifics and applying it. Because, like I said before, I think I have components of these. But when I go down this list, Mike, I'm not one of them in completion, which is actually unbelievable to me at first. Because when I sat down and I thought about, yeah, I work hard and, yes, I'm passionate about stuff. But... I, I'm not a champion, you know, so th this is where I want to go, if, yeah. that, if that makes sense. Yeah. What's your, what's your number, uh, number two? So I, I'm mirroring you just to keep everything nice and neat and clean. That's fine. I know you like that. Clean like the bathroom in our house. Thanks, Dana. That's right. The second call back to that. <laughs> um, I also have work ethic, but I put slash showing up. So to stack on what you're saying i think the passion is important and if you're trying to get to that level ask yourself if money was no odd object or wasn't important right. what would i do and then when you figure that thing out then how can i make money doing that 
and then you can kind of reverse engineer how to do something that you're passionate about, which in turn increases your work ethic yep. because passion's pulling you through a little more. Right. The showing up thing is everyone can do it. Um, I think a champion just shows up, you know, no matter the adversity, you know, no matter how rough a night before they had, if they have, like you say, something on the schedule, unless for whatever reason, something takes priority that moves you closer to your end goal, you show up. Right. Um, and a lot of times the people that show up, it, it's really not that high of a percentage as you would think. Oh, of course. A lot of people don't even show up, which then they're out of the game already. Mm-hmm. So, you're, I, uh, no, I like that. Get and, out of my brain. What? Get out of my brain. This one, you'll definitely, I, I know that you have this on your list, but I'm going to be a little more specific with it. A relentless discipline. I'm going to start checking these that off. Elevates with adversity. So I believe a lot of people, me included, we can be very relentless in our pursuit of life, right? But I think champions are not only relentless and disciplined, but when the adversity comes, they take it to another level. And I think that's the separation that I want to try to get to. And again, this isn't, I'm not just talking podcasts. I'm not just talking my, my marriage. I'm not just talking being a father, my fitness. I'm talking about across the board, this is, this is what I want to get great at. When the hard times come, how can I take my work ethic that's already an extreme work ethic and now find a way to be even more disciplined than before and elevate my game? That to me is a true champion. And it's something that like, that, I mean, you're talking few of the few are able to get that. Uh, but it's tough when you put these down on paper to not think about, okay, I'm talking about a basketball team. I'm talking about an NFL team. No, I'm not talking sports. I'm talking about your life. Yeah, and the, the relentlessness, what it means to me is, and I have it on my list, is being able to hear no way more than you hear yes, but just mm -hmm. keep going. And you so, live that. Yeah, you get conditioned to it. So, yep. like, now I just don't, the, the percent, when you sell a house, your closing percentage is so minuscule but the benefit of just closing one person could yep. make your whole year, right. which is crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. So the, the, that whole mindset of it only takes one, which is kind of my personal motto when it comes to real estate, is a lifestyle you start to live because when you want to go out and try to get a sponsor, looking for a suit sponsor for us because I need some suits, I keep ripping them, um, you're not afraid to hear no because you don't care because you're like, I've done this before. Right. And you, and and you I've, put yourself out there. Yeah, the fear I just, doesn't bother you. I, it, being relentless is more about getting, I think create, creativity is important because if you go at, say you go at a wall and you run to the wall head first and you almost knock yourself out, yeah, you could be relentless and go back into the wall head first. But then you're, if you come back and you're like, how do I get through this wall? And then you're like, all right, well, there's a, a branch over. Let me try to hit it with a branch. doesn't work. Yep. All right, how do I get through this wall? Uh, I don't have any tools. Maybe I have a friend who has a tool. All right, dude, let's try to go through this wall. And then you try all of these different things. You can't get through the wall. And then when you exhausted 25 different things on the 26th one, you finally figure out how to get through it. And then that next wall, you get through the first try. And it feels that much better. Yeah. So it's the, it's, I think creativity is huge for a champion. Absolutely. Uh, Michael Jordan, for example, uh, him knowing that he was older when he came back, so he had to get more creative on how he played. He changed the way he played because he knew he couldn't just, you know, be more athletic than people at the next level and trying to be a champion, so. That's really good. Um, I've, I wanna go back to a fact quick, cause you had mentioned something about, you know, when, and this was before with the passion, but how the money needs to not be the driver. Yeah. Do you know that in 96, that same year that I saw him play, 
the New York Knicks offered him $25 million for a one-year deal, which was 600% more than he was making. He saw the vision, right? So that's, that's a crazy, bold move. Would you take it? I, I, think I, would, I think I would have to go. I absolutely would take it. Right? But, so I think what drove him so much was the fact that they had, I think they had two championships at that time, right? Two or, two or three championships. Magic and Bird had gone back to back. Nobody three people. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that motivation and that thought process even added more to his, to his fuel. Also but, good But you've got to be willing to sacrifice. Well, the, that's a good point, too. I think champions like to get accomplishments yep. in their uh, belt, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So they look more towards the historical moments they're making versus the you know, quantifiable amount of money or a certain thing that you look back and it's really not something people talk about. I think champions want to be talked about. Right. They want to do things that people haven't done before. They want yeah. to put their stamp on history. I'll take you to, to my next one. Extreme confidence proven by massive action. So I think I have extreme confidence. Massive action is where the difference. So yes, I get up, I get after it every day in all three you know, major pillars of my life that we talk about. You're a big guy taking action. I think you have massive action. <laughs> but I'm talking your, I, I've been, I think I was born with confidence. And now okay. I know that my work ethic adds to my confidence. I want the actions that I continuously take to add to the confidence. Because anybody can be confident, right? Do you think people are born with confidence? Born with confidence, no. But seeing it in your household at an early age is where I think, the separator happens gotcha. for people, okay. you know, and, and, and you seeing those around you, whether it's your brother, your sister, your mom, dad, grandpa, whoever it is that you look up to, if you see that confidence in the house, um, then you begin to, you know, emulate that. Um, but the big difference there for true champions is not only the confidence, but you follow that with massive action. I can't consider myself massive action. Like, you like well, what's give massive me, action? No, but man. you like to give me credit for the, the little local 30 under 30, right? Yeah, I think that's awesome. No, and it is great. Not champion. Take, that's right? a champion but type not, resume builder. Not to builder. take away from that, but massive action might be, you know, Forbes 30 under 30. So it's, and then. Oh, not, it's a level. But, but right. who, do, who but defines then, no, that no, no, level? No. But then I will tell you, if I get 40 under 40 on another small organization, now I'm starting to create massive action. Because it's not a one-time thing. But what's ma- define it for me? Because so I don't understand action to it. Me is not a huge accomplishment by any means, right? The Forbes thing, yes, is bigger than a little local magazine, but it would be more impressive to me to do a forty under forty because that means that you're sustaining that high-level action yeah. and now compounding that, which creates massive action. See, I thought massive action. I'm sure there's different definitions. Was the like, say you get a thirty under thirty, trying to get like six of them. That's what I thought massive action was, like well, scaling I mean, it, it up. It, it depends, that, but it's the same sort of thought process, right? Because if now yeah. I can go and get a 40 under 40, that 50 means... 50 under 50, six, it, do right. they have those? Yeah, I think so. 60 under 60? But that means that now... I'm going for I the have, 100 under 100. I have, created, I have created a lifestyle off of this, right? Yeah. And now as I get older, my lifestyle stays the same, which is great. That is what I'm looking to do. But by no means can I be a champion right now without proving massive action massive action in my marriage right 
So yeah, we've had a very successful marriage thus far. We've had our ups and downs, but technically we're still rookies in the game. Yeah. We've been married five or six years, together 10. I'm talking something like your parents have done. You're yeah. talking 30 years. Yeah. You're talking showing massive action over an extended period of time. And you have to define what you want as your champion However, you want to be a champion, you have to define it first, and then you can right. figure out how to get there. Because of course, but it depends what you're chasing, right? Because like maybe if your goal, are you happy? If you're happy, yes, you're already well on your way. Right. It's just kind of some other things you want to check off. Yep. And you might be on the perfect pace to do what you want to do by the age you want to do, which is fine. Yeah, but you're now taking something being happy, which is great. And and yes, I am I am happy. Am I fulfilled? I like how you said that. I'm happy. <laughs> no, no. But am I fulfilled? Okay, that's good. No. All right. And this, again, is the perf in a perfect world to Dave Regina. What are the five most important things on becoming a champion of life? These are my five, right? So okay. I'm, not, right. I'm not saying that this is your five. This is, you know, CV's five or anybody who's listening to this. You can have your own five. By me, where I'm at now in my life and what I've done and I think where we're going, even as a, as a business, these are five things that I'm going to apply and I want to see as a champion. Yeah, I like it. And I think you personally have gained more confidence in this and are less uh, self-conscious about it because even just now you called it a business where in the past you've called it a side hustle. Right. Well, Which so I'm proud I, of. Yeah, you just did, yes, said that. Absolutely. And you said it. Because that always gets me fired but up. You've said it from day one. I'll give you the, the thought process yep, though, yeah. and the difference, right? So when you have a side hustle, when, to me, you have to hustle, 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 hustle gotcha. until you can respect it enough to call it a business. So now that we have proven that we're 23 episodes in, now I can say it's a business. When we were 20 episodes in, it's a business. 15 yeah. episodes in, a business. We committed to a process, and now we're living the process. This is a little fire Festival thought, but I think if you can gain that confidence earlier in things and just commit to it and say, listen, we're start like we did with the parlor. We had that conversation. We have a podcast, blah, blah, blah. See what came of that? We already had someone yep. that was ready to give us property yep. to talk to. So if you can, uh, I love all the noises and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. really tests the focus. Yep. But if you could gain that earlier, you might be able to accelerate the growth quicker, which I'm not saying we didn't do that. Right. It's just, you don't know who you're talking to day to day. Yep. And if you come off with that confidence right off the bat, you don't really need anything to prove to yourself or anyone else. I you know agree what I mean? with you 100%, but in the term champion, Yes, absolutely. You can I'm be the most confident dude in the world. <laughs> yeah. You can be the most confident female figure in the world. But you don't have mental but proof. But if there of is not a mental toughness that is derived through the actions that you're taking, to me, it's not a champion. Yeah, that's fair. To Joe Schmo, it could be an ultimate champion. This is to me. I like it. Mine is, it kind of goes in massive action, not really, but this is kind of, not we don't differ, but this, my top five is uh, thirst to learn. That's so, a great one. That is a great one. And this kind of intertwines with everything. If you love something and you is enjoy... Is the same as willingness? No. Right? Yeah. Or, so yeah, if, you're, you're gonna be... if you have a thirst, you need to learn more about right. it so that you're naturally going to be willing. I think thirst is better than willingness, actually. I don't know. Thirst, for me, right? I, I, I like to think things in my context. So for me, I kept having this idea that I wanted to do a TV show about food, right? Mm -hmm. And I kept, it kept coming back. It kept coming back. It kept coming back. And that 
thing telling you, you need to do this, you need to do this, drove me to learn how to get to the point where I could do that. Uh, the thinking about real estate constantly, like I need, I need to start working on condos. I need to start focusing on this. You, you kind of have this, this, uh, this inner monologue that tells you where you need to go. And it's that gut feeling that I'm trying to follow more because more often than not, it's your self, self subconscious telling you what next steps you need to take. So when you're passionate about something, something inside you can say, oh, I want to learn everything about this piece of what I love. And you need to just dive into it, not hesitate on what you want to learn, um, whether that's fitness, cooking, you know, family stuff, babies, whatever it is, you have to kind of embrace, you know, Jordan dove into learning more about fitness and his body because yeah. it connected to his big goals. Right. You know, so like for me now that I've connected fitness and doing push-ups to my big goal of being like, well, if I have this higher energy, my output's going to be a lot better and I can do a lot more. And when the baby comes, I can play with the baby. It, it gives you a thirst to learn about everything about push-ups and everything about fitness that's going to help me in my push-ups yep. and weight loss and all that stuff. So I love it. And I love what you just said. And not because I have said it, but it's the truth. I, I be- <laughs> No, but in episode one, I said there's this little voice in my head. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Over and over and over and over again. When you follow that voice, whatever you think it to be, you will become just so much more successful. But the hardest part is actually doing it, taking the steps, you know, to figure it out. And a good step, one of my personal rules is if I think about something for long enough and it's still there, I have to do it. Right. So, so I have so many ideas that I just, some I don't execute on, but yeah. I vocalize to people. Um, but if it's still there after a year, yeah, you got to do it. You got to do it, at least to get it out of your head. Right, I like that. And it fails, great, whatever, move on. Mm-hmm. But you at least have to try it. I love that. That's gold. And I'm pretty thirsty right now because I was rushing to get here and didn't pick up a coffee or water, so. It's tough, right? And, Very tough. But that's why. Adversity, know. bring it. Enjoy I, your sip. Thank you. Mm. I'm like Rocky in Rocky 3 when he goes back and he starts working out and getting ready for clubber. You're my clubber lang. Okay, all right. Now. You kind of look like him. <laughs> The top five of mine, right? This is your most important one? I, so, no, I don't know. That, that's what I was just going to say. I don't know if this is my number one, but it's definitely my most important. Okay. If that makes sense. It doesn't, but keep no. going. So no, I don't it know does, if, it does. Does kidding. it? Uh, yeah, I'm just kidding. Having the ability to compartmentalize your life. I'll explain it. Okay. So not only does that mean having the ability to separate the different pillars of your life, but take it even further. When adversity comes and you're in the moment of becoming a champion or trying to be great, how do you take that emotion, put it in a compartment, save it for later, focus on the task at hand, attack it, then to be really great, you go back to that emotion later and you deal with it. So it has no effect on your future progress. Mm -hmm. So it's not only being present and being able to separate the different components of your life. And this this is the one, I think I like it the best because I struggle with the most. I definitely struggle with this one the most. I can separate my life, right? That's not a problem. But imagine me getting stressed out the way that I do in business, going home to my wife, leaving the business stress right where it was, having a quick conversation to get me out of that focus of the business, but then 
have a great night with my wife, circle back tomorrow, pick up, ask myself, why was I so upset yesterday? Deal with that uncomfortable situation and then move forward and have it, as, have, have it fuel me. Now what happens is I get stressed, I go home, babe, give me some time, I'm still stressed, I, got, I need to cool off. Yeah, I need champions, five minutes. Yeah, yeah. True champions, I believe, in the moment, turn it off, put it in a different compartment, circle back to it later, handle it. I like it. My thought about it is that, is there a way to, and I struggle with it too, but is there a way to just be even keel and take things in stride and be that just me- throughout your whole life? I don't, versus trying to take so it in, my, be stressed. My personal opinion is, so you said restress. True champions don't restress. They don't see it as a restress. This is my opinion. Yeah, right? yeah. I want to get to a point that I have no problem circling back to that uncomfortable piece, figuring out why it was, and then making it better next time around. Got it. Got. It. I get. What you're you know saying. what I mean? Like, so you redo, I, I rework it, but then it. you're getting to a point where you're just taking things in stride, right? Ultimately, oh, of course, you, yeah. you take it in stride, but you always have to circle back to reduce the time under tension, time right? Under so, tension. like, if I'm if I'm stressed out. Okay, I, I realized that I was stressed out for 20 minutes. Yeah. Next time that it happens, I want to be stressed out for 18 minutes. See the progression. So it, 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 that right there is the ultimate goal to yeah. me. And I what, like I, what I'm trying to get to, um, and I'm, I'm very mindful of it, and I believe I will get there. Um, always a, a work in progress, of course. But I think if you look at any great in the world, no matter if it is, you know, Michael Jordan, or you're talking, you know, your, your favorite business professional, they have the ability to do that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a yeah, personal, personal preference. I agree with it. I think for me, the stress level at, so it's hard to explain. So at each level and market, each season of real estate, I've increasingly got more busy. So mm-hmm. each time I've gotten more busy, it requires another level of organization and process so for me the better organization i have in process the less stressed i am yep i'm less and less reactive to emotions of losing a deal because there's more deals and i realize that it does my client and myself no good to fly off the handle on another agent there's no positive part of it so i've been getting better at just internalizing the info and then figuring out a solution and just keep moving forward and don't spend time negatively on anything. Mm-hmm. Just don't waste your time on certain things. You have to be uh, ruthless on what you cut out of your thought process. And it's just here are the f- commercial real estate's very business transaction. So I, I want to challenge. I want to challenge one piece of that that you said. You you only get one challenge per episode. All right, fine. So that'd be I, pretty funny. I believe that that thought process will get you to a high level. Okay. But to be an ultimate champion, in my opinion, at some point, you're going to be playing against the highest level in your niche. Yeah. Right? Whether that's on the basketball court, in your, your business, field, in, in yeah. real estate, respective field, whatever it is. And at some point, somebody at that high level is going to get to you. Now, if you just completely avoid the, the negative. There. I'm not saying avoid it. No, but be bulletproof to it. Yeah, bulletproof. I Good. think there is something to be said about internalizing it. Even though it was a negative thing that was said to you, champions internalize it and use it as fuel. Not that they dwell on it by mm-hmm. any means. Yeah. But I just believe you can be as bulletproof as possible. At some point, you got to face the music 
And you got to be able to not only take that from somebody else, but use it against them at that executive level. Yeah, I, but I, that's kind of what I'm saying. You internalize it, but you don't react to it. Because you were saying when you get home, you want to be able to compartmentalize so you don't react and it come mm. out like you get in an argument with your wife, which I'm definitely guilty of. Stressful day at work, come home, right. you get and in an argument for no friggin' reason. Right. What's going on here? Blah, blah, blah. You talk mm-hmm. about nothing. But what I'm saying also, I agree with you, if you can internalize and use it as fuel but not react to it, then so be careful and with for the, everything. I think we, we could just got to... I, I took that, be careful with the verbiage. Because when you said that, it made me think like, okay, so he's going to get to this crazy level, which I already know is happening. And in terms of your respective field of real estate. But at some point... No, push-ups are talking. Push-ups, push-ups. At some point, somebody is going to challenge you. And I, my piece to that is it's okay. And it's okay... In what way, though? You say challenge. Challenge I your mental. Specific. Challenge your mental. Oh, and, okay. and have you come back to, come back to center. You can't always be bulletproof. I like to think of myself as bulletproof in everything that I do, but now I'm getting so much better. I always talk about the therapy piece, right? Being able to vocalize it and be okay as an individual saying, you know what? Yeah, I made this mistake. I can talk about it. I can talk about all my flaws now, and it's not a problem. Whereas before, I was so focused on the, the, the output that people saw of Dave Regina. Yeah, perception. Right. It was the perception of it that I was so focused on. Once I change that, one, people's perspective changes, right, over time. At first they think, yeah, well, look, you see he was soft the whole time. But now that I'm easy to talk to in that way, I just find it a lot easier on the internal. Yeah, yeah. You're, the less value given other people's opinions which you can't control, the more value you have within yourself and you just self. Right. You're, it's freeing. Because, right. like, for, for example, I never really cared, like, my brother would say it all the time. My parents, whoever knows me, that like I've done goofy stuff. I really don't yep. care to be the butt yep. of the joke. Um, and when you have that level, and obviously I struggle with certain things, but when you get to a certain level and you just keep moving and don't worry about the reaction to things, and you're just being kind of true to self, and you're just on what you know is your path, everything else just doesn't matter. It's like good, bad. Oh, you're so good at this. Doesn't matter. Just keep doing what you're doing and mm-hmm. even keel. But that's what I'm saying. Like if you can be even keel and just very uh, surgical with things. And I'm not saying don't enjoy life. Like one of my biggest thing on my list is being optimistic and having a positive outlook. If you're happy and you're enjoying yourself, other people are attracted to that. On top of it, you're making yourself happy. So it's like, if the day's shitty anyway, pardon my French, bleep that out, then why not just be like happy about it and not sure, I don't do this every day, but I think I'm getting much better at it as Mm -hmm. I get older. You know, it's, uh, I, I consider myself a pretty happy person. And Absolutely. it's I, if I, I want to get to a point where you have a day where everything goes wrong. And then when you get home and friends over and things, and you're hanging out, no one has any idea. And it's right. just, yep. you know, par for the course. You're just compartmentalizing in a sense of like when you leave, you don't worry about that stuff. Obviously, you're going to worry. Uh, and you come home and you enjoy yourself because the ability to be optimistic and positive allows you to keep showing up every day, allows you to continue your big vision, allows you to continue, to continue that thirst to learning, stay relentless. So I think everything based off of being positive. Take that scenario. So when you go back to work that next day, after a full day of just craziness, of you just crazy, focus but... on the solutions. You don't worry about the problems. Right. But uh, like so I... you lose a deal, you go and you try to find a yeah. more property, just right. keep moving it. You just keep moving it. Whereas I am saying that you need to be able to 
relive back in that moment, realize how it made you feel. Not that you need to be negative. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you know what I mean? You need to realize how that made you feel, yeah. how uncomfortable it felt. Yeah. Now you go take on the properties. Because what happens, and this happens a lot in relationships, yeah. you end up not talking about things. Yeah. Right? I was super guilty of this. You end up not talking about things because if you circle back the next day, nine times out of ten, you're both going to be completely healed from it, no problem. Your relationship, I will tell you, will go to the next level, whether it's your business partner, your marriage, anything. If you can have that conversation real quickly, acknowledge what was, you know, on, on both sides of the spectrum and then move on from it. Mm -hmm. I used to be the king of, yeah, 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 give me time, give me time. Babe, I love you so much. Two hours later. And then we would never circle back. So then the next time we got in an argument, it still wasn't settled. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have so, to address the situation that exactly. made you. And you can do that. And I just like to use real estate example because it's very easy and straightforward. You lose a deal. You come back the next day. You said, why did I lose this deal? Right. What can I do in the future to prevent this from happening? Sometimes the answer is you can't do anything more. Yep. You know, you did what you could and that frees you up or you figure out the solution that also frees you up. Right. So I think you can revisit it. Yep. But if the I struggle with the compartmentalizing versus just being Zen throughout mm -hmm. and mixing everything together and making it all kind of uh, a symphony of just a well-lived life type thing. That The Perfect Day uh, book that I've dove into the, <laughs> the author but not read Craig, it. Craig, Craig Valentine. Valentine. I find it uh, interesting that he has certain time slots for everything. Yep. And he tries to stick to them. Um, and I think you could do that to an extent and then just have rules that allow you to be flexible within it. So it's like a marriage of all of it. Yep. But. I, I really, I love your top five, man. Thanks, man. I, no, well, they were almost exactly the same. Right. Yours, but, so I hope you liked it. Of course. But they're, they're very different in, in the, I guess, the, the way we internalize them. Yeah. Right? I, and all your five are in my five. All yeah. my five are in your five. I think if there was an honorable mention, they would really align at some point. And I think people will always have these on their list, but I gave you mine in, in terms of, um, you know, one through five. I don't know how you did it in terms of which one is more important to you. You know, it's just an interesting yeah. thing that I think it's a good exercise to, to try out for, for people. Yeah. I, my brain is very jumbled with all of the, my principles, but they're all intertwined and I think equally important yes. because I think they all feed off of each other. Definitely. So it's hard. Like we have trouble when someone asks you, would you rather have optimism or relentlessness? Because it's like, you, it's tough to have one without, you know? Um, all right, man. Can we get into some questies? Yeah. Yeah. These are funny. These, these are good. So speaking of Nike, this one comes from James who actually was a, I believe he was a manager or a key holder at that time. So it was interesting to circle back with him, but kind of challenged us a little bit here, I think, in the, in the, um, in the question. They said, absolutely loving the positivity and the whole journey. I don't know if I can say it's changed my life, but it certainly has me mindful to think differently. Curious to hear an embarrassing story where you can look back and say you either learned something or doubted yourself. Before we go there. Yes. Do you wanna... We're not looking to change your life. Yeah. So my, <laughs> I, to clarify, so my... <laughs> My mission thought, in life is not to change your life. Well, my thought on all this is like, there's a term to the lead from the front. And 
I like how Gary V documents everything so he can look back one day and be like, remember we were doing that and how mm -hmm. fun that was and look where we are now. I feel like I didn't have any type of documentation and I feel like we were, we were, we were personally, I was doing something where it was going to be fun to look back on building something. And then also when we started doing this, it's another business that we're building from the roots. So just documenting our friendship, our growth in life, and not so much to inspire people, but that just be a, a result of us just living our lives yep. if we're doing it correctly. Right. So um, it's interesting. I wonder if people land on us and they're like, I want to change my life. Yeah, yeah. Like, or uh, they're I mean, not it's flattering life, for sure. They're, they're but... definitely not life-changing material. I'll move on to the next one. And if one. we do, great. I'm just <laughs> right. saying, but don't expect right. that. Yes, I, I, would, I would agree with that. But I, I think he threw that in there because I know him personally. Gotcha. You know, as a thing. But, yeah, that could definitely be something that, that some people are thinking about. So <laughs> I had two, two embarrassing stories that I think I, I could have went either way. But this one is, is pretty good. So I was 19 years old at the time, and I had a fake ID. And I tried to get into a um, – Stevie, you'll, you'll like this yep. one too. I tried to, I tried to get into a, a, a bar in a, in a very local area, we'll say. Super and nice. I happened to be with your brother, who was of age at that time. And I was with, like, my boy Angelo and a couple others that were there, too. So I go to the, the bouncer with my fake ID. Mind you, it scans. It's, it's very thought out. Like, this, this I've been using forever. It somehow was a really good ID. I go there, and he's like, yo, man, this is fake. So I said, no, man, it's not fake. Right? So he scans it again, and it scans. And then he looks at me and he goes, this is fake. I said, no, it's not fake. He said, okay, hold on one second. Gets on his thing real quick. Your brother's like, yo, dude, we got to roll. We got to get out of here. Like, clearly this is not going to work. Me being the guy that I am, challenge him. Sure, no problem. Police rolls up. <laughs> guy comes out. He's like, come with me real quick. Now I get in the cop car. I'm in the cop car. The cop scans it. It scans. He asked me, is this real? And I said, yes. He asked me one more time. I'm going to ask you for the final time. Is this real? I said, no, sir. It's a fake ID. He said, you're coming down to the station with me. I said, what? what? What is this? What is this? So now I get down to the station. And this whole time, I'm like, oh, my God. I don't even know how I'm going to tell my father, my mother. Like, this is, this is just really an embarrassing thing right now. Now they take pink handcuffs handcuff me to a holding, not in a cell or anything like that, but like next to the receptionist, right? Because I don't think they had the intention of like really locking me up for this. But I, I figured that like I lied to the bouncer, then I lied to him. And I was really doubting the whole, the whole time that I really messed up for telling the truth, right? So this is my point going back to the story. So I really doubted for one moment of my life that telling the truth is always the best answer because here I am, you asked me as a police officer, right? Law enforcement, you're telling me this is the last opportunity to tell the truth. So in my head, I'm internalizing that. It's like, okay, dude, you're going you're gonna to let me go. But then I told the truth and you basically brought me to the station. Long story short, they end up giving me nothing. They didn't even process me in. Um, so then it, it turned out to be that, okay, yes, I should always be telling the truth because that's probably why they let me go. And if I lied about it even longer, I might have been you know, having to see a judge. Yeah, so. that's one of the greatest. <laughs> I remember this I wasn't a... there, 
but I woke up to Frank on the couch, and he used to work at a summer camp, uh, baseball. Yeah. And I'm like, "What are you doing home?" And he's like, "Dave, he got arrested." Yeah. And he goes back to bed. I'm like, "What?" Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, man." We... You know, I went to work, right? Yeah. You went to work. <laughs> he didn't. And then uh, I'm like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, but he starts telling me a story." And I'm like, "Why don't you wake me up?" I because like, I think you guys are trying to get cash to bail you yeah, out. Because they. They made it seem like I needed to bring this bail money. Yeah. And then literally we get there. They don't take the bail money. Yeah. And they're like, here's a lesson. So he was saying he was running around trying to find bail money. I was like, yeah, dude, I, I have I, the money I, if you I, wanted yeah, it. Like, yeah. you should. I was in the house. Just wake me up. And uh, part of me was upset that I missed oh, dude. the scene. But I'm and happy I wasn't handcuffs. there. The pink handcuffs was the funny story, and then one of our friends jumping on you. Oh, man. And then Rick. Rick. Yeah, well, Rick, Rick he, he jumps on me, but then he was like, dude. So behind, yeah, well, I didn't want to name the, drop, but I guess there's no right. harm in name no, dropping because he didn't get arrested. And behind the behind the glass, they, they come strolling in and they're like, "Dude, he's in pink handcuffs!" Like they really put me in pink handcuffs. It was a sign that you were gonna have a daughter. Oh, it was crazy, man. But that's my little embarrassing story. What do you got? That's a that's a very good. Yeah. That's gonna be hard to top. Um, mine is just uh, it's hard to do one story, but I remember the feeling of I used to be competitive like pretty good at football and basketball i think you're still competitive baseball i was like okay baseball i made like the all-stars when i was younger but i never really was good like passionate about it and i just was like not that good so being on the field being not that good and like getting pop balls to you like every <laughs> once in a while i'm like <laughs> and then <laughs> so you know nice. you know what i mean so you get this feeling of like i don't know if i'm like I hate feeling like I'm not adequate to do a task yep. and then going to try to do it. Yep. Um, and I remember that carried into like high school because I didn't grow early. I grew in college. So I was smaller and I always played linebacker. And uh, then like I had to switch and running back and I did, I did a switch to like cornerback and wide receiver where Frank was the receiver. I was the receiver. So I remember the feeling of being like, I guess I'll play this position. I'll like yep. get by, but I wasn't committed and confident in the role because I didn't prepare for that role my whole life. Um, then fast forward to after all of these things and having like a very below average high school sports career. Mediocre? Way worse than mediocre. I way, wouldn't give myself any credit. Mediocre? Yeah, it was terrible. I was terrible. <laughs> so, and this now speaking about it gives me a little, because uh, I, I, to be honest, I had a little bit of a bad attitude towards it because I feel like I wasn't putting the work in and I was uncomfortable and uh didn't know if i wanted to be there but i did it just like with friends and stuff yep. like we won state champion stuff but i didn't contribute much like i didn't do much your morale did even if it wasn't on the field not morale. really not really 100 yeah, percent. not much i wasn't very vocal i enjoyed myself like i always do fast forward then we're in um i remember a specific game dreetown goes do you want to come play with us we're playing for i think they played for the championship i'm like i really don't want to play like because i knew it was out of shape I didn't play in a long time. I haven't shot a basketball in a while. And I showed up and uh, rolled my, did I roll my ankle earlier? <laughs> I was so out of shape. I barely made it past like the first 10 minutes. And Dreetown probably remembers this. That's hilarious. And I was so insecure playing because I was so bad that I remember feeling like whatever I do from here on out as a career or whatever, and this was early, like I think I may have just started real estate. Yeah. I was like, I never want to be inadequate and just below average because it's the worst feeling and that's just a personal thing for me oh yeah but now so you shifted your focus on top of things. it then playing and on the podcast talking about playing pickup 
or not pick up a uh, Sam sauce, and that dude scoring forty on me, and being <laughs> just like, confirmed it, right? just like, like I've been getting beat up in sports. We'll focus on the ballet from now on. But it's that it's not having successes in the same industry, which we'll call sports, for so long has made me mentally so weak in sports, where <laughs> yeah. I think that it's translating into my golf game because I'm just the worst out of all my friends, excluding you, which we've only played a couple of times, so I definitely will play with you more. Yeah, I haven't played as much because of work yeah, and stuff, yeah. but I think it all kind of works together, and that I remember, I know the feeling of not being good at something, and it's the worst feeling. But you have to be that at some point before you're good. Yep. I hate it, too. Well, the worst. Point well taken. Harris, how do you guys do so many repetitions like you guys talk about. I like to begin to apply 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups per day. Any tips? Well, you're the Terminator, so I think you give your perspective and I'll give the actual, like, real-life perspective. (laughs) You're going to be like, do just do 401 clips. Well, no, what's funny is you're actually starting to apply my techniques. Yeah. And I see it. So Can't beat him, join him, right? Listen, this, this works for anybody. My first thing to you, Harris, would be first Why'd take you a say it like that. Because I forgot his name. Harris. <laughs> I forgot his name. Take a, a test though. See how many you can actually do in one clip, because that'll give you, you know, perspective on it. Um, personally, I do what's called two tens, which is why I get such a high level of repetitions. And what two tens is, is I take a set of 20, 19, 18, 17, all the way down to zero. That number right there adds up. And when you do it, do you do, yep. I remember we worked out together uh, on the bachelor party. Yep. Do you do 20 and then if you still have a little gas, you eat into the 19? Like try yes. to get 19? Oh yeah, I, I just go right away now. But the, the 210 piece, that's why I call it 210s is because it's the actual number. Yeah, that's, that's, that's why I get 1,000 a day. Because really that number is times five, which is 1050. I just stop now because I stop at my 1,000 for Michael. Wait till he gets Appreciate and catches it. the 1,000 and then I'll keep him going. But for you, if you are trying to do 100, uh, 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups a day, this is what I would do. I would take the 210, I would cut it in half. I would start with a number of 10. I would do a set of 10, take a break, call it a minute, do a set of nine, all the way down. That number, I believe 10 all the way down to zero is 55. Mm-hmm. So if you did that, if you did 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups, mm-hmm. nine push-ups, nine sit-ups, eight, eight, all the way down, That'll be 55 of each. You doing that twice throughout the day, right, will give you that number and even higher than what you're looking for at 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is how I get the highest level of repetitions in. Uh, my gym partners, they, they are mortified by 210. 210s are great. Uh, my trick for me personally is to break the barrier is that I want to make it hard for me to add up the numbers. So I don't know where I am as far as amount wow. of push-ups. See, that is so opposite of me. Smart. Wow. So for me, I get, I know I've been doing a certain amount of push-ups, and if I say I set up the two tens thing, I can't do the math that quick while I'm working out to figure out where I'm at. So I can't mentally think like, oh, I'm tired because I don't know how many I've done. So okay. for me, that's been the trick to break through to get to 700, you know, whatever it is. Um, and now I'm doing them all at once. Because I feel like if you want to keep up the pace or keep up the um, keep up the the growth, you start at a certain time and see how many you can do within that time, mm-hmm. and then just try to keep improving that. 
And then yeah. logically, you can just add more push-ups in. And here's another another technique. And this is something that you know I, I do when it comes to the pull-ups because pull-ups are so much harder for me than push-ups are. And I think I spoke about it on one of the episodes in the past, but I was taking a number between three. It was either three, four, and five. And every minute on the minute, I was calling them imam. Every minute on the minute, right? Imam pull-ups. I would do a set of three or a set of five. Take a minute. Push-ups or pull-ups? Pull-ups. You're doing this. Take a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Take a minute. Do another set of three or five. So if you can only get five push-ups. You put it on your phone like a stopwatch? Do, yeah. Do five. Time yourself. Do another five. Time yourself. Do another five. And you will see slowly over an hour how long, I mean, how many repetitions you can actually get in. Yeah. So be very intentional and specific about what number you want to get to. So if it is that hundred, I definitely would recommend visualizing that and writing it down. Mm -hmm. Right. And not just, oh, yeah, I see myself doing it. No. Visualize it and then write it down. Uh, so that would be my little tip. Those are called nickels and dimes when you're doing sets of five and ten. Yeah, my, my other tip, too, is I mix it up. I've started to mix it up, but now I'm writing my workout the night before, and I, I don't have a rhyme or reason yet. I'm going to put a rhyme or reason to it, but I'll put down the workout on a pad, so then when I wake up, I just know I got to rip the pad. Sometimes I'll do cricket, where I just try to knock them off, depending mm -hmm. how I That's feel. Cool. That's cool. But I find that if I do that, then I leave a lot of the hard stuff to the end. And it's harder to complete it versus if you do the drop down sets, it's uh, it, it's you gain like momentum because yeah. then you get to a point and then you fly through the end and see where you get jumbled at the end. Like you just said, like if, if at the at the very end, you're like, wow, I got all these high sets left in the terms of cricket. I like sustaining a certain thing over a period a good of time. Pace. That's, that's where I excel. Like you, you like to say the tortoise, which would be <laughs> um, what do they say? Slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. yeah. I would definitely disagree with that. Well, I'm the big game, I would say, say the big yeah, vision yeah, of it. No, still, I would say strong and steady wins the race. Because if you're slow and steady, cool, like it's going to take you 17 years. Yeah. Commit to something, really commit to it, and now do the same thing every single day, which makes you stronger, yeah. right? Even if that is business yeah. or physically, strong and steady will win the, win the race, which is why you will never catch me. Another tip is I publicly put it out there so I can get ridiculed, which motivates me every morning to get my push-ups. So if you want to get 100, make a bet with your friends and put some money on the line because then you'll really do it. So I've always done that. I've loved doing bets and things with people to get me over the hump to get it into the phase where I, I get the momentum going. I like it. Um, and join the app because it's yes, fun. Yes. We, I talk push, junk push to everyone. Right? Push fit. I think it's a dollar ninety nine. Pro, we use. we're gonna we're gonna get it from the guy. We're gonna take it over at some point. Yeah, yeah we definitely will. All right, this is your favorite section. Little would you rather? Would you rather? Yep. Would Would you rather lather butter? Go. <laughs> would you rather run at hundred miles an hour or fly at ten? This is. Uh. I think fly at ten because you could go anywhere. Babe, hop on. We're going to Italy. I think the, for the first time, right off the bat, I agree with you. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Right off the bat. But, so when I Running 100 miles. It, nice. Yeah, and, and, it, and honestly, like, does that mean that I'm still going to have the effects of, like, you see the way I sweat in the morning. Does that mean that I'm going to get somewhere really fast? And work but, out. But then I'm going to, oh, so you probably like, look, now that he's, he's flipping, he likes to run. But so for me, I wouldn't want to be all nasty from running. Like, if I'm going to feel the same way that I do after working out, but I'm going 100 miles an hour and I can get somewhere really fast, I'll be sweating for the next four hours. So I would definitely fly just to... Just it would to take you a while to get places. 
Yeah, I'm like, I'm like 10 miles, 10 miles an hour. How far long would it take to get to Italy? Again. He's going to switch again. Uh, the <laughs> running 100, though, you'd be in every... You'd be in an athlete. But imagine famous showing athlete, up to an open just house. Fly. Just full, you know what you do? But full drip. You don't like, run 100 miles an hour. You are able to. You have to. If you don't no. have to run 100, oh, oh, then you run as no, fast no, as says, you need to. would you rather? To. Would you rather? Okay. Without people being like, this guy's a freak. You underplay it. I think that's the move. <laughs> so I'm going to switch. Yeah, I'm done. No, I'll fly. I'll fly. <laughs> I'll fly. I'll fly. All right. Have the ability to get away with every lie you've ever told. Or always know when someone is lying. And moving forward. So you can get away. You can say anything you want to people. And they go with it. Just like we do on the Nose News podcast. Like, listen, I, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> listen I'm a season ticket holder. I have floor yes, seats yes, and they'll they, let you they, in. They, they believe anything that you say. I will answer this. Quick, quick, quick side story. Went to the Jet game with Dana and her family. We were in the nosebleeds. Okay. I was very confident because we pre-gamed insert whatever beverages you want to think about and <laughs> i told dana let's come on follow me and we just walked down and sat in the first level mm-hmm. so dana's uncle calls us hey guys where are you sitting we want to come join you so oh. i'm like oh geez like we don't even have seats here but let's try it so uh we walk out and there's a door person and i'm like all right guys there's a guy there's some people coming they're with us so walk past them pick up dana's uncle three <laughs> four kid like everyone was there and I'm like, all right, guys, follow me to the seats. All right, bud. And we walked right by the guy. Should, should have slipped him. Confidence, though. Five. No, he didn't know we weren't he didn't there. Even know. But it's all about the That's confidence. Good. So we'll just walk in places. Don't try it now, though, because everything's <laughs> a little. Right, right. Um, so it would be, I would do know if people are lying. Because in my respective field right now, yeah. oh, no, because you could probably get so much business if you just. Hey, but just it would closed. be terrible if you're lying all the time. It's just working. Yeah, but genuinely, which one do you choose? I, w- I would choose the ability to, to know if people lie. were lying. Yeah. That's, a, I, that's a, I mean, if we chose the other one, people would hate us. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, so we have to. I agree. All right, last one. This one's tough. End death due to car accidents or death due to terrorism? Hang on. End death? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah like, so there's no, no one death, dies? No, no one dies from either car accidents oh, wow, wow. Or, or terrorism. I thought, I thought it meant. You end a death by doing a car accident, like you're in it, no, or no, you're in no, terrorism. No, 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 like you end death. Like you have the ability to end people dying from either terrorism or a car accident. Super, and don't go with what you think is right, because I'll, I'll go after Well, you. I need stats, whatever the most deaths are, right? I mean, terrorism, I guess. See, I would say car accident. I swear to God. And I would say car accident. More deaths? What? More death? No, 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 no. I don't know the I don't know the facts either on that. But there's something in place, like in every country, like your military, right? So my hope is that they can continue to elevate their jobs on their own. There's nothing in place to stop car accidents right now. Like you can't physically what? Seatbelts. Yeah, and oh, no, yeah, you can't the avoid accident. the car accident, right? Bumper car. So I would I would definitely choose ending death and it might not be the right answer i don't know what the right answer is but i would choose ending car accidents well ending death due to car accidents versus terrorism that's pretty good i would take terrorism because cars i think are going to become not a problem because everyone's gonna be flying at 10 miles an hour flying and self-driving cars so see how we tie everything together in the no snooze podcast here i i could fly 10 miles an hour is so slow yeah, like yeah, now yeah, i'm thinking yeah, of it definitely that might have been the bad choice um no that, that was a good one there all right man my favorite section here 
Dave's Dime of the Week. Dime, dime, dime. Do we have money for a soundboard yet? Yeah. <laughs> so you just hit a button. Yeah. You have competition every day because you set such high standards for yourself that you have to go out every day and live up to that. And that is Michael Jordan. Mikey J. Uh, did you say standards? Did I hear that right? Standards. 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 So much, so, such high standards. Standards. Uh, going on theme with my new guy, Steve Sims, I believe that's your name. Uh, Miguelito's mantra. Ito, Ito, Ito. Means little Michael. Very appropriate. Michael Jordan. Getting it all together. Um, he says, I can over IQ. People overthink things because they don't have the uh, background in whatever they're trying to do versus just going and try to do it. Beautiful. Yep. I like it, man. So what do, what do you got working for us on Mike's heat on the feet? So my, excuse me, our two-year anniversary is Monday. Me and you already? What? Me and we, oh, yeah, we've been. Dana and I's. We've been. I'm sorry, Dana. Apparently, that's the wrong way to say it. Dana and I? Than, like. Someone was telling me it should be Dana and me or something. Definitely not. It's Dana Ask Karina. I'm being very it's, curious. It's always I, Mike. You sure? Yes. <laughs> this is the English section where we ask if we're using the words right. You know what I also struggle with? The double letters. Tomorrow. Is it the M or the R? How about this one? Spell commissioner. That's no, a tough no, one. Seriously, I can't. It, I can't. It, it, it's Back so. to the heat on the feet. So uh, my Dana and I's anniversary is Monday, May 25th. Two years. I wore these on. You got Dana's face. You're killing me. That's that would have been perfect, but oh. no. Oh. These are what I wore on my wedding day, dude. Oh. These are. They say Mr. Right. Wow. I've worn them actually on a listing appointments, and those, someone's those are fire. someone's been like, "Does those say Mr. Right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, right for your listing." Oh. Not though. I've never done. Beautiful. Um. Yeah. That's what I got. I love it, man. And they're red and black, like the Bulls. So. Branding like all tying, around. Tying it all together. Close. And we got, the, we got the black and white together, too. Uh, guys, if you haven't checked us out, check us out on YouTube. Yes. Right? Our page is now up and running. TV has been doing a phenomenal job getting all those epis And up. don't just check it out. Like and subscribe. If Dave or myself has said anything that you've ever repeated or even mentioned or giggled at, Drop a like. We challenge. Yeah, please just drop a and like we, and subscribe. And we do really appreciate all the support, you know. But taking that little, uh, that little action, I guess, to to really show the support, that definitely goes a long way. And it's uh, free, so no excuse right. on that. No snooze, no excuse. The other thing, shirts are on the way. Well, not on the way. They're being fulfilled. Everything's delayed due to this whole thing going on. Uh, can't wait to get mine and make a nice crop top. What are yep. you going to cut it into? Are you? I think we should bring back the old cuts, the sleeves. The old cuts? I don't know. I'm you not a tank guy. You see me in the morning when I get the vein. I'm not a tank guy. When they're too, like, there's something about a nice cut shirt that. No? All right. All right. That's enough. You don't disagree? Until, until next time, stop snoozing. Get up and get after it. My man, Can't high five. I would do it, but you got. You can't away. say that. That's another Effie in the Books. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook at No Snooze Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, No Snooze. Come on. Come on.
If you want to inquire about potential sponsorship and or collaboration, reach out to us at no snooze podcast at gmail.com or message our Instagram page, which is at no snooze podcast.